Welcome to the Livecast Construction Experience Podcast. I'm Kieran Brennan, co-founder of Livecast.com. Finally, the construction sector has entered its digital transformation, meaning the way we operate our projects and businesses day to day is being disrupted. This podcast is designed to help you in all areas of your business. We do this by bringing in experts across all key areas of a construction business who share their stories, their challenges, wins and losses so others can learn from their experiences. To watch previous episodes, please visit livecast.com or search livecast.com across all popular social platforms. I hope you enjoy the show. Hello, welcome to another episode of the Livecast Construction Experience. Delighted this week to be joined again by Laura Taylor. Laura is the Client Relationship Director at Empower by Cloud. Empower by Cloud specializes in implementing new financial systems into construction companies. The company has zero experts. They don't just recommend which of the potential 850 zero plugins could be right for a construction business. They actually go about taking the business through this transformation process. And they look at how they can implement new, efficient, cloud-based and automated ways to run a construction, construction business. And that's the topic that I want to run through today with Laura, is how to successfully implement new technology into a construction company. Firstly, Laura, welcome back to the Live Cost Construction Experience. Thanks, how are you? Good to be back again. Good to see you. This is a quick turnaround. We, we, we've had part two, but uh, this is a pretty quick turnaround. Uh, we've been chatting sort of since the episode and your mm. knowledge in successfully putting technology into companies is uh, something that stands out to me. So it'd be great to just run through that and share that with everybody. Firstly, <laughs> I wanted to start off, Laura, with obviously we're in the mix of this call, but we can't escape it. Um, what are you seeing on the ground there? Has COVID changed the way construction companies view technology, do you think? I think so. Um, and I think the reason that it's changing the way that people are viewing it is just because people were caught out a little bit. So when COVID-19 hit, um, they didn't potentially have the information that they needed to make decisions. You know, where was a project? People didn't know. They didn't know, you know at what stage they were at. They didn't know where their finances were at. They didn't know where their cash flow was at. So I think... In some ways, it's given people a little bit of a wake-up call. And now they recognise that they need something. And I think um, construction is one of the industries that is furthest behind in terms of digital. And there's a lot of work to do there to try and get people from where they are just now into actually adopting digital fully. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, what, like, I suppose the best way to describe what we're talking about, if I visualise this and... I'm a big whiteboard man. I like to put everything on a whiteboard. And if when I'm drawing this out and we talk about just putting live costs into the business, if we look far over on the right, is describing how things are today. Yeah. Far over on the left, then we're we're looking at a situation. Of this is what we where we need to get to, and that's what the, the, the successful technology in the business looks like. And then we just call it a storm in the middle. Yeah. How do you describe that to to your clients, and how do you then, I suppose? encourage them that it's worth going through a storm to get to that other side. I completely agree with you. And I think that there has never been a software implementation that I have been involved in or have known about where there hasn't been a point in time where people haven't felt that, you know, uneasy. It's a lot of different, it's it's change. They potentially will say, I don't like it or it was better the way I did it before. Um, But that's for a short period of time. 
once if people persevere and get through that period of time, the benefit that comes out of the other side is huge. But I guess it's almost like looking at the change curve and people go through that, you know, denial, they don't they don't like what they're seeing. Um, you know, it's it's just it's it's almost like somebody coming along and saying, Everything that you've done before, let's push that all away and here's something different to do. Uh-huh. And while that something different is generally better and it will, you know, move the business on, that that bit in the middle can be can be a bit a bit tough. Yeah, absolutely. I and mean, one of the biggest learning curves for me personally from going to, say, construction business operator into construction technology, when we first start doing the homework and we spoke to God, it must have been over 100 construction business owners, we discovered that everybody needed a better way to manage construction finances. Absolutely needed it. And they agreed with it. But they didn't want it. Some of them just didn't want it. Is that something that you see regularly is that they know they need it, they just don't want it. And why do you think that is? Um, I think, again, it's fear. A lot of it can be fear of, fear of the unknown. Um, and potentially, you know, I always say that people in construction have potentially been accidental business owners. They've got hmm. into their trade. They've been really, really good at what they do. And the business has grown to the point that they need, they need some to take somebody else on. And then they take somebody else on. And then before they know it, they've got a business. And actually, that's not what they set out to do. Um, so now you're looking at you know, finance systems, you're looking at costing systems and all these different things. And I think it can be fear. But what, what we find is the businesses that are really pushing ahead push through that pain because it is. You know, there's, there's, there's a hurdle to get over to get to the next level. Mm-hmm. And it's, yeah. if you were to think about even like a game, <laughs> um, a computer game, it's like you know, you've got something that you've got to get over to get to the next point that you need to get to. Yeah, no, absolutely. All of this starts, nearly everything we do in business starts with a problem. Somebody has a problem and we come along. And as a business, we provide a solution to problems. And every, everybody, every business provides a solution to some problem. What typical problems do you see construction companies come to you with? Um, they don't have a handle on their project costs. Um, typically, they don't know if they're making a profit or a loss on any particular job or project. Um, they don't know if they're going to come up against a cash flow issue at some point in the future um, and they just potentially don't know their numbers as well as um, as well as they should yeah okay and i suppose it is is that where you kick in then to sort of solution mode would you go away and sort of map that yes. out we'll try and map oh, the process and out. i'll look at, at the different solutions and find out more about the business so we, we typically start with a scoping call mm. and that's where we're not really interested as much in what does your finance department do we want to find out what the business does want to find out from the starting point, you know, how, how do you get work? How do you engage with customers? How do you deliver that work? How do you understand if that work is, um, you know, how do you understand if you're pricing that work profitably? How do you understand if you're then delivering it profitably? So we, we dig under the surface and ask lots and lots and lots of questions so that we, and clients will typically give us over information as well. Mm-hmm. Maybe spreadsheets and things they've been using in the past. Um, so you see, all, you see all sorts um, depending on the, the sort of niche within the construction industry. Um, and from there, we then look at, okay, so what, what is the problems that we can solve? And with off-the-shelf software, you know, you're never going to solve 100% of someone's problems within one package. Um, that's, that's impossible. But if we can solve 80 to 90% of somebody's problems within, within the package, then that's, and we can implement it quickly. So I guess with, with off-the-shelf packages, you end up with, you know, speed of execution you can get things in really, really quickly. Whereas if, you, if you're doing your own build, you could be years down the line and still not get exactly what you're looking for. Yeah, absolutely. And there's definitely 
uh, where we find ourselves is there's an expectation sometimes around how quick we might see results. I mean, I suppose the goal of any technology is to improve efficiencies and, uh, you know, put systems in place to facilitate growth, I suppose. And, you know, how, how do you manage ex expectations around the implementation process and how quick some companies expect to see results from any new technology? I think that we generally see, we see things getting better after six to eight weeks. Yeah. Um, and that's where we see, you know, that a company has embraced new technology and they're now using it and they're using it well. Um, and that's why we work with a business for the project implementation phase. We work with a business for eight weeks because it's not the type of thing where you can just implement it on day one and run away. It's, mm. You need to work with a business closely and ensure that people are still doing what they need to be doing with it. Because, um, you know, as human beings, we, we refer back to type. And if there's something that we don't like in a system, we'll just go back to the old way of, of doing that, that particular thing. And, yeah. you know, that particular thing then becomes more things. And then before you know it, that system's been dropped and you, you've gone back to the old ways. So that eight-week period is really, really important for embedding and just keeping on answering the questions. So if somebody says the system doesn't do, well, okay, actually it does. It's just the, that bit hasn't, you, you've not came to that part yet or there's a workaround that we need to do to get that working for you. So yeah. just don't go back to the old ways. <laughs> uh, there, there is a lot of that is, you know, you really only understand something when you actually implement it into the business and then you start to understand, actually, if we just twist it that way, it actually work a bit better, but we don't understand that until we put it in. Um, would you at that stage provide alternative solutions? Like, is it just this is the way we think you should go or would you have, if this doesn't work, we have a plan B, plan C? Um, we would typically suggest a solution because I think if we were looking at you know different plans, um, we, we might offer different plans at the outset of you know you could go down this route or you could go down this route or you could go down this route and these are this is what this one will solve for you this is what this will solve for you etc. Yeah. Um, however, once it comes to an actual proposal, that's when we've got to the stage of we know which which solution we're looking at, but this is and this is how we would suggest that we implement it into your business. Yeah, I mean it's a, it's a it's a tough job you have. I mean, I've got one piece of software to look at and keep keep on top of that. And you've got, like, I mean, I think I touched on earlier on, zero have up to 850 that you need to be somewhat aware of. So, I mean, it's, it's a tough job. I mean, how important is it, I suppose, when you're looking at all the suite of options that you present to companies, how important is it to, I suppose, understand, I mean, tech moves very, very quickly. Um, how important is it to make sure that that technology is still relevant, I suppose, in 12 months' time as you're providing these options and solutions? It's really important. Um, and I think we always test the app marketplace just to make sure that is there anything new that's came out. But we don't pretend to you know, know 850 apps. We look at construction and trade apps and we want to get best of breed. Um, and we want to know the ones that we implement really well because there's no hiding place. If, if you're working with somebody and they know that you don't know what you're doing, um, it's, it's not the right thing to do morally um, and it's just not the right thing to do for the client so we work on the basis of we have a solution and we can implement our solutions into a business rather than somebody coming and saying you know I don't know what solutions you deliver and we go and look at the look on the, the app marketplace because there's just too many there's too many there too yeah I suppose then when it comes into okay so we've we've we've, we've identified the problem we've mapped out the process we've provided a potential solution to that now it's time to actually put it into the business. 
what's what, what's next? Are, are you looking to identify someone within the business that, that takes ownership of this? Is it a, one you person? Is it a few a people? In the business. Um, the directors need to be involved because there needs to be somebody that is really um, focused and pushing, pushing the project from the top. But we also need a focal point in the business and that might be somebody different. Somebody where we have a weekly update call and we go back and forward and make sure that everything goes through them. Because if you have, you know, five different people in the business wanting five different things and they're all coming to you separately, it soon becomes a, a bit of a mishmash. So we, we're very, very clear on the fact that we need one person in the business that is able to, you know, everything gets directed through them. So if there's any overlap or anything that's potentially conflicting, that comes out in the process. Yeah, okay. And is, I mean, do you go into that process then, Laura, with like, you know, looking for a quick win approach where we can just get, get a couple of quick, quick wins so the company starts to feel comfortable? Or is it a fact that we need to have the full implementation process finished before we actually run it out across the company? I think we need to have the full implementation process. Um, yeah. But what, where we start with it is potentially, um, depending on the, the business, is starting with the core functionality of the software and then adding on to it from there. So it could be that you know there's, there's certain things that the, the business needs and then there's certain, certain things that they want later on. Now, sometimes if you implement everything too soon, it becomes an overwhelm situation. So we really try and just implement what the business needs and then build on over the eight week period as questions come up. Yeah, what, what, what happens then on past, past the eight weeks? Do you guys provide then ongoing training or support? Yeah, so once we go, we get through the first eight week period, we can then provide a support package so that people can have almost a helpline to phone. If, yeah. anything, if they've got any questions or they want email support, we can, um, we can deliver that as well, just so that it doesn't feel like at the end of the eight weeks, you know, you're falling off a cliff. You've yeah. still got that support. It's just the main, the main implementation fees, we generally say it takes six to eight weeks. Yeah, okay. Why then, in, in your opinion, do, does it fail? What, 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 why hasn't it worked for some companies? I think it really um, comes down to the people in the business. Okay. If there's somebody that's got the bit between their teeth and really wants to change things and who really wants to push on, they will, they will make that work. And you, you often see the people in businesses that just say, okay, so we need to figure out a way to do. And we go, okay, well, the way that we would do that is do the X, Y, Z. And they go, right, okay, that's fine. Other people can put up barriers and you know, can be a bit more negative about it or, oh, it doesn't do that. Okay, well, that means it doesn't work. And generally, it doesn't mean that it doesn't work. It just means that there's, there's, there's a system that's been designed with a, a process. Mm. And often that's a better process than potentially the business might have. But because they're very ingrained in how they were doing things, that can be that can be more difficult. But I think a software implementation project only ever fails based on the people rather than based on the product. Yeah, no, that's true. Because I mean, that if if the product works for you know fifty hundred other companies similar to you, there's a good chance it will work for you. But as you say, if the people don't, you don't get buy-in. It's difficult. Um, I think there has to be a there has to be a compromise somewhere because. It's not, it's not written bespoke for a business. It's not written bespoke for, you know, a hundred different businesses because there will be little, you know, just little differences yeah. among those businesses. And there has to be an acceptance of let's, let's get 90% boxed off and let's make things 90% better. And if there's still 10%, you know, that's just, that's, we've got a compromise there to make because there's something we do that potentially a software program doesn't do. Yeah, but it's not, absolutely. It's, it's not a deal breaker. As long as you get your, your, let's say your three top areas that you want to cover off that are your deal breakers. If, you, if the software can, can tick those boxes, 
then it's better to go with it than to stick stick in the mud for another yeah. three years, hoping that there's something else going to come out that ticks every box. Because ultimately that won't happen unless you get something bespoke. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so let's bring it into a focal point and we've sort of ran through the process of how, how we get here um, and why it doesn't work for some companies. So what tips would you have then for a construction company thinking about taking on new technology? Um, bring everyone along the way. So everyone that's going to be involved in the process, bring them into the conversation and into the planning so that you know they're aware of what the business is, is considering and they feel included. I think often if people have something imposed on them, okay, this is the, we're now going to take everything that's comfortable to you and give you something different. They feel a bit, oh, that, I, I, don't really, I don't really like that feeling. So I think bringing people along the way is, is really key. Um, ensuring that you've got somebody in the business that's driving it because if you don't have somebody that's really, you know, it, it's really in their mind that it's absolutely vital that they get this this product into, into the business. Yeah. If you don't have that, it can be it can be more difficult to to implement. Yeah, absolutely. And if, if there is construction companies out there that want to chat to you about looking at new products and new uh, financial tools for a construction company, uh, where could they find you, Laura? Um, on our website is um, empoweredbycloud.co.uk or you'll catch me on LinkedIn, Laura Taylor. Um, you'll see that we specialise in construction with all the construction emojis. Yeah. Um, or you can also email me at laura at empoweredbycloud.co.uk. Yeah, absolutely. And for those that are listening that haven't heard, we also thought a previous episode of Laura just all focused around zero and that particular product for construction. So if you get a chance, go back and listen to that one. Laura, thanks very much for your time. We Thank appreciate you, you coming on.